This is a Dece World production in association with Pants Pending Studios. This is just a situation where you're going to cut a bunch of our blurbs out of context? Um, no, because then there would be blisters in awkward places, which would be terrible. Oh, here we go. That is the dirtiest thing I've ever seen. Listen to the nerd with Adam, Will, and Amanda. Why did I get top billing? I don't deserve top billing. Because out of the two of us, you're the one she likes better. Oh man. I mean, yeah. I'm eight months pregnant. Put another one in me. And that's when she figured out that I had taken drugs. How are all of you? We're going to do a promo, but we're just going to talk sex. I got to see your dick. Oh man. I mean, yeah. She cooked dinner for me in lingerie, which hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Cause I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. Well, this podcast phenomenon is sweeping the nation, and we're all up on the bandwagon with the plethora of episodes at Nerd. Pantspending.com. Willem Dafoe gives me a lady boner. Blue Chew is bullshit, by the way. <laughs> Listen to the nerd. It's not the worst thing that can happen to you. Is that a good no? It takes effort to do a promo. Yeah. And I think we knew that before. <laughs> <laughs> Although I feel like we could just put that part in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that along with the, the nerdy thing Adam said and me with the sexy voice. There you go. There's your promo, Will. Congratulations. The nerd. I'm sorry. You're now listening to The Social Hour. They're not PC. So if occasional foul language turns you off, then you have all been warned. This is the call before the storm. If I bend over, you're going to see my asshole. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Get ready for the social hour. Live from Dece World Studios in Spokane, Washington. This is the social hour. On today's show, all the way from the UK, writer JC Hudson. And now your host, still sending his condolences about Princess Di, Deescasius. Malabkeen, everyone. Welcome to the show. This is The Social Hour. I am Deece. Thank you for coming around for another episode. We appreciate you hanging out. Uh, today we've got a great guest lined up for you before uh, we get into that, though, with our guest today. Uh, as always, go to Pants pending.com guys check out everything going on across the network uh new episodes of the never-ending random discussion and more shows still coming out every week despite all the craziness going on around the globe uh also uh go to dececomedy.com check out all the live dates guys i've literally been traveling from florida to california uh, doing shows will be all across this country over the next few months with live stand-up comedy dates so make sure uh, go to the ticket links, grab some tickets. Uh, most shows have been selling out, so you want to make sure and get those tickets early. Uh, and of course, a shout out to our sponsor, Blue Spot Comics, your number one source uh, for comic books online. You can get new uh, and back issue comic books, rare variants, CGC graded books, uh, collectibles, and much, much more. Make sure you tell them we sent you here at the social hour, and you'll get an extra 10% off your first order. All right, guys, that's it for paying the bills. Uh, we're going to get into it with our guest today all the way from the UK. Uh, please welcome author and much, much more, JC Hudson. JC, how you doing today? Hey, thank you so much, Dee, for having me on. Yeah. You know what I was, what you're saying? I was thinking, I wish I lived closer because then I could come and see your comedy. Yeah, you, that would be <laughs> great. Have, I mean, exactly. I, I'd love that so much. But firstly, thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here and ignite expression and just, yeah, let's just chew some fat. Yeah, let's absolutely. Chew some fat. I, I have to ask, have you, uh, you're, you're, you're from, you live in the UK now. Are, where are you from originally? Are you from the UK, somewhere in the UK, well, I assume? Or? I was born, you know, for my sins, English. Sorry about that. 
<laughs> no, I actually was born in the UK. I was born in a little place near London, like on the outskirts, and actually moved out to Canada, Vancouver, when I was about oh, nice. two. Yeah. Um, stayed there till I was about four because my dad was working different places around the place. I don't remember much, but I sure. did have Canadian accent. Oh, oh I used you, to. You did. You you shook it though, huh? I shook it like a like a cold, like a disease. No, no, I'm joking. I, I loved it. I wanted to have a different accent. English accents are so very boring. You think so? And, uh, I always wanted. Oh my god! Well, you you never want. You never like the thing you've got, do you? So I was always like, oh, why sure. can't I be American? Why can't I be this? Why can't I be that? I think British. <laughs> so boring. I think British accents. I was actually discussing this with someone the other day because someone was saying that uh, they didn't like British accents, and I said British accents. Uh, on a woman are great. I think on a man, it's annoying to me. But maybe it's just uh, my personal affinity for, you for women over them. men. You right. don't fancy them. Yeah. That's so, it. Yeah, I think. But it's uh, also there's a lot of range with British accents, right? There's like that nice like Kate Beckinsale British accent, and then there's like that oh, yeah. Cockney. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's so there's. A and lot. then you've got you've got that awful. Well, I'm not going to say awful, but obviously you've got up north. All right, darling, how are you? Right. And you know what's really funny. I used to actually live in Salt Lake City. Oh, really? Okay, so I, we went over. This is funny, right? We went over to aim for a San Fran. My husband, my ex-husband, his family was in Utah. So we were like, how much do the apartments in San Fran? Okay, they're like about two grand. Okay, cool. Right, Utah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit cheaper. Turns out real estate's cheaper when you have to live around Mormons. Uh <laughs> oh, do you know what? There was lots of those around. I'd never heard of them before. And I was like, I don't, I've never heard of that. And they were, you know, really, really friendly. And they were always coming around and trying to get me to stop smoking and um, right. giving things and, you know, giving us lifts and stuff. And interesting, interesting people. They were kind. They were nice. Do they not A lot have, of them, do they not have Mormons in, in the UK? I guess I never even thought about that. It is kind of like a new religion that was started yeah. in the U.S. So, I mean, they have a lot exactly. of uh, missions, like missionaries that go around the world, but they usually go mm. to more poor countries because you can trick poor people into into religion uh, as a safety net, whereas like people who have infrastructure, they're like, no, I have the internet. You can't fool me into your religion that's 27 <laughs> years old, you piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> so. Well, do you know what? They actually do have... Um, I've actually seen mormons come around not but there's not that many there's not yeah. that many but that was an adventure with the mormons in utah and then we played vegas a few times i used to be a bit of a i want to say rock chicks it wasn't rock but it's that kind of thing and we were in a band called big gum baby and everyone loved us who were english sure and my, my husband looked like billy idol <laughs> <laughs> we were just crazy to be honest Lisa, at that time was a really crazy time because Yes, I'm a writer, poet, designer. I used to be a musician, but I was a professional fuckhead. And I was a professional at getting anesthetized. And that's what I spent most of my life and career doing. But yeah. I did other things with it too. So I always wrote. I did a lot of music. I've done a lot of different things. But I love getting anesthetized. Sure. <laughs> I, like, I like to forget things. I like to just get on. But you know what, Dees? I could be absolutely comatose before i got on stage and as soon as i was told i needed to go on right bam. yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's that muscle memory right like that it's just ingrained in you you know it's, it is amazing to me how much uh how resilient humans are that like i mean i i i used to drink a lot i quit drinking about two and a half years ago um oh well and uh thank you and the i mean i used to drink a lot and there were times where i'm like i mean i it's just amazing to me how much you can be completely blacked out and mm. you're still like just soldiering on and still a co like completely uh, successful. Like just you get home, That's you manage. Your body. Yeah. It's yeah. So your body gets used to it. Your body kind of adapts to that reality that you, you are. So, you know, and obviously if it, if it's drugs, if it's drink or whatever, you know, you kind of need that to keep you going. I don't know how much you drunk or anything like that if you were kind of like hard on it. But even if you're not like a alcoholic, you know, and you're drinking a lot, you just get used to that, don't you? You yeah. just kind of adapt. Yeah. Your body what, adapts. What was your uh, substance of choice, JC? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? When I lived in Utah, they seemed to like crystal meth out there sure, really yeah. a lot. Yeah. That is possibly 
the most evil thing I've ever done, to be honest. Yeah. I was, I was like seeing naked cowgirls in trees and talking like what sounded like Hebrew. Sure. And um, I had to be with his parents in the house. <laughs> but no, my poison was, yeah, God, everything, Dees, heroin, yeah. crack, it all, you know, like yeah. I was, you know, I was a lost little child running around being crazy. But do you know what? I wrote loads of good stories. Yeah. You know, I will. I wrote I- uh, I've I've definitely dabbled in about every single drug you can imagine, done some more than others. Uh, and I w- I mean I tell people this when they you know they they're surprised when I tell them I've ever tried meth, and I'm like yeah I've tried it and they're like what what what's it like? I'm like I definitely see why people get addicted to it. Like it is funny. Like uh, oh oh my goodness. Yeah it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's a it's a it's, I mean that first time is a feeling you really can't describe. Uh, and I mean it is euphoric, and then you know you, it's that whole that old cliche of oh, you're always trying awful. to get that back, you know, and yeah. it it just uh, so that'll... quick. Right. That'll just destroy your life. Um, so, well, so are you, uh, so hundred percent sober now or what do you, or me? Yes. Good. I've gone so far the other way. So this is, you know, I'll give, I'll give you me in a nutshell, just so sure. you can get a bit of context. So I lived a very, very crazy life. I was abused a lot as a child. So I was trained and that's where the anesthetization came in and stuff. Yeah. I ran around playing a lot of music, writing a lot of stuff. I used to work up in the clubs in London, doing croupier thing, like dancing, being a naughty girl and everything. And then, you know, funnily enough, when I stopped doing everything after my father died, okay, I stopped doing everything. Then I got loads of health problems. Then I got loads of health problems. That's like saying, fuck you, man. You think you got away with it? (laughs) Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, it's like, are. yeah, lung disease. Yeah, I have a heart attack. Here you go. Oh man, I have a bit. You know, like um, you know what? If I was a Monty Python sketch, <laughs> my legs are falling off. You know, it's literally like that. You walk along the street, your leg falls. Ass, all right. Right. And pick it up. Yeah. You know, pick it up, <laughs> walk off with it. So basically, I damaged myself, yeah. and I own it all. You know what I mean? Sure. It was fun. Some of it was not fun. Uh, it was all an experience. Yeah. But funnily enough. It was only when I got really, really ill and when I stopped everything, then I just, it, things just changed, you know, things just changed. I had to, I had to sort things out. I started focusing on more background stuff rather than being on stage, writing my book, you know, working on my channel and helping people just ignite their expression, you know, right. ignite their expression. And that's wow. what I'm about. I'm a growth facilitator because i've been down some dirty grimy roads and i like to say to people you know you can have your face in the grime but you can still look up at the light and whether you've got faith or anything it's not it's not really what i'm talking about it's just like don't let the buggers get you down don't let anyone not even you fuck yourself (laughs) (laughs) because you know and that's what i've been working on lately so i've been working on um I had my book come out and that was intuitive knowing her truth. And that was all about, I know you're a comedian, but we're going to go over some dark things here because That's all right. comedy, comedy is very every- dark. True comedy okay. is very dark and from a it dark is. place. It's- it has to be because that's when you find true humor, when you can laugh and find humor in the most dark things. Right. And do you know what? If you want to live in this life, you better be able to do that. I'm telling you, yeah. you better be able to do that because you're going to go under if you can't. So, you know, after my dad died, I started having massive fits. So I'm like, right, Monty Python sketch. We got the lungs. The lungs went. Then this went. Then the fit started. And I remember I was just like laying on my brown sofa. I'd been run over. <laughs> it's so funny just even thinking. Well, when I talk about it, it sounds funny. Yeah. You know, it's funny to me. I was like lame. I couldn't get anyone to hear me. And I was scratching. <laughs> the sofa and i just lay there but you know what i could either lay here and just kind of decide to die and just dissolve into this little brown sofa into a puddle or i can be like right so i just laid there and i just started opening up my mind and thinking right yeah. where can i take my stuff where can i take what what can i create what can i write just you know you're stuck in your body but you're not stuck in your mind right you know you you can like expand out and you can create anything you yeah We've all got something we can create. So I just started focusing on doing that and using my experience, basically, just to kind of shed a bit of light on things so people don't have to go and be fuckheads for ages. But then again, it's all our journey, isn't it? It's all our journey. 
Well, JC, let me let's let's step back a little bit. I want to ask you what uh, what was the kind of driving force for you to get sober? You said your dad passed away. Um, was that was what was that where it turned? Was that the pivoting point, or was there some other things, or what what was it that really uh, made you choose to get sober? You know what? I ran around, and at the time before my dad died, I was smoking a lot of crack, and it was just a loop. And I didn't like it. I didn't want to do it. Yeah. But I just couldn't. I just couldn't stop. Sure. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, who yeah, wants that's... to do that to themselves? Right. Who wants to do that? But, you know, my father abused me very badly from the age of like five to like 14. So when he died, he got me pregnant twice. You know, it's, it's a kind of it's a it's a harsh story. So this is why it's important to tell, you know, and when he died, my body just shut down. Yeah. And I. I just realized I didn't want to do anything. It just, it had to be, sometimes your body has to scream at you, punch you in the face a few times, kick you until you actually kind of go, hang on a minute. You know, I've been stuck doing this now for a long time, a long, long time. You know, I first started taking things when I was like 14 years old. I'm 43 now and I've been clean about five years, but you know what? Out of it all, I was on the state-sponsored medication longer than I was ever on heroin or anything else. Yeah. You know, which is fun. So I was only on that for about, uh, I don't know, like a year, and then back and forth and stuff like that. And then I was on that for a very, very long time. So I was stuck in that loop. I damaged myself. Yes, it was fun. It stopped being fun after about, I don't know, two years. Yeah. The part drugs were fun the heroin was never fun the crack was none of that stuff was fun you're kind of just stuck in it doing it but I always worked I was a functioning addict nobody knew so I wasn't kind of beating up grannies on street corners like nobody knew I functioned you know Mm -hmm. I got on stage I didn't speak about it I didn't hang I used to go get my things and come away from that and you know what Dees this is interesting doing this interview with you because I don't really speak about my drug past much. So this is actually, I'm really pleased I jumped on to do this because it's, you know, it's relevant, especially at this time in the world. God, what we do, we're going to turn to stuff, man. We want to like analyze ourselves. And that's why I wrote wrote the new evolutions because it's it's exiting out of systems of ourself, all the destruction we do to ourselves and systems that do outside to us yeah you know it, it, it is you know you have to have an outlet for that stuff especially when you've you know been through that kind of uh, events and trauma in your life so um yeah. what can, can, can i can i just tell you one thing because yeah. it segues from what i said so about three years ago um with all the health stuff going on obviously i was a drug addict so when you go to hospital they obviously see that's on your history even if you're not it anymore I went into hospital about three years ago and I had um, a case against them because they gave me yeast in my blood and I was in there for a month and I nearly died. So they cannulated me 50 times. I was like puffed up all over. Anyway, I lost it. But ever since then, the doors slowly started shutting. As I got iller and iller and I was losing four and a half stone, they did not want to treat me. And then it was like losing scans and this and that. And I, you know, I practically had a season ticket to a hospital. So that sparked a project. Every time that I was in hospital, instead of feeling a victim to it, I'd write. I'd write poems. I'd write stories. Yeah. And that's where the new evolution has been birthed from. Because, you know, instead of shouting at, you know, I'm not going to rage against the machine. I'm going to build my own fucking machine, you know? Yeah. I don't need to rage against your machine. So <laughs> I basically wrote, sorry, my phone went off a second there. Okay. I basically wrote this <laughs> and instead of slagging the hospital off, I put them a quote in thanking them for being such shits. <laughs> <laughs> and I, literally, and I've got poems in there. It's got all their names of the wards and everything. So it's a great advert for them. So I'm really pleased to be able to give that <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, true, again, true, like I said, comedy and art and everything comes out of uh, uh, pathos and it's kind of becomes a nepenthe for uh, your, you know, the things you've, the trials you've gone through. I mean, as a, as a writer myself, someone who 
started off, that's kind of how I got into doing comedy full time is I was a writer. I would, I published a book. I was doing some writing and I, what was paying at the time was, what do you write? Uh, what do you write? Well, I've done some poetry, but honestly, I wrote a I wrote a kind of a psychological thriller. Uh, I would call it kind of a uh, introspective. Uh, I, I've written a couple different books, but that was the uh, the one that was. Who's tough. your publisher? I've got a publishing company. <laughs> oh, do you? Well, actually, so it was very small print. Small. Pu- it was is uh, kind of a small print, self published type thing. Uh, but we've got we I we sold a couple. Uh, a couple thousand copies did pretty well with it um but i mean comedy writing was pain so i got into uh uh, doing comedy writing which led me to doing more comedy which led me to a career in stand-up but um i do have what made you want to do that what inspired what inspired you to do comedy did you because you know with comedians you get like you know it's either one way or the other you're taking the pain or you're just like a show person. You love that. You just love making people laugh. Or you just kind of feel like you just have to. It's just something. It's, you just need to stand up there and expose yourself that way. Not literally. You don't get your willy. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get me too. Uh, the uh, uh, that's right. I'm not famous enough to get canceled. Um, the <laughs> for me, it was. Uh, I always loved comedy. I always loved stand up comedy. Um, and for me, it was just like I love. I, I'm not. I don't like the attention. I actually don't like, it's not about that. It's not about, uh, you know, for me, it's about like really taking taboo subjects and putting them in a palatable because personally, like, uh, had a very interesting life as well. A lot of, uh, uh, bumps in the road along the way, a lot of trials and tribulations. So interesting. That's what makes you interesting. Well, what I, you know, I learned to, uh, absorb those things through the lens of comedy by making them that made it palatable to me you know to being able to laugh about extremely dark things that's the only way i survived so i try try to take taboo subjects and make them palatable for everyone when presenting them on stage so i talk about things that people don't generally want to talk about but i find a way to make people want to hear them because i push it through the lens of comedy that's kind of what that's perfect. You know what? I'm so up that deep. I respect you so much for saying that because in a in a time when we live in so much information, so much desensitization to just plethora of bloody information everywhere, yeah. here, there, coming out of every orifice, and it's you just really important to note that we when you present things to comedy, you disarm people, so the information goes in and it presents it to them in a different way, right? And they can kind. Of you're not trying to tell them, hey, man, you know, this, that, and the other. I'm just making you laugh. I'm right. just making you laugh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I I talk – I grew up Catholic, um, and I, my, I talk a I'm lot sorry. about – Yeah, exactly. Me too. But I talk a lot about religion, and I, I talk a lot – I make fun of religion. But, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm making fun of it in a sense where I'm using, you know, genuine facts and things that happen. So it's like, oh, okay, so – yeah, this may be an uncomfortable topic, but now I'm pushing it through comedy. So, like, you're forced to laugh at it, but also in the back of your head, even if it's subconscious, you're thinking, oh, this is a real thing, though, you know? Exactly. So, and that's, so, that's important because you can't tell people anything. And it's, and it's fun making people laugh, yeah. and we all need to bloody laugh more. If you want to talk to me about anything taboo, you know, anything at all, then I'm up for it because – this is what I'm about. I'm about right. expression and I do it through my poems. I do it through my book. I do it through my channel. So, you know, I'm in about, and I, I want to spark expression in other people because yeah. we're all not bloody talking. Let's, let's start talking to each other. Yeah. Let's start being productive. Let's start creating something. Just let's have some bloody fun well, for a start. Because, is it, is it you that, know, no, fun. isn't that part of the interesting kind of, uh, uh, quandary we found ourselves in in the the world now where we now have the ability to communicate with anyone in the world instantly and we're so much worse at actually getting information and receiving and assimilating and actually uh participating in any exchange of ideas we can we have the ability to do it so easily but we're so closed off from it It, it's such a weird parallel you know what? It's really funny because I talk about this a lot. The more we became connected, you know, 
And I don't get me wrong, I if I had not had technology in this time, I've made loads of connections all around the world and like kind of calling people in and stuff. But the more we've got connected technologically, the less we seem to be able to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> As if, you know, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like deadened that part, a certain part of humanness. So whereas technology is fucking marvelous, it's great. Right. You know, you've got people sitting on the bus next to each other texting. The art of conversation we've lost the art of conversation yeah. the art of like you know words and stuff like that and falling in love with words because you know we that's what we cre- that's what we bloody create from and uh, you know i'm not i want to get back to the old school d so i want to get back to the old school and i don't want to be shoving technology in kids faces and them learning to code before they can even read because right. i think it's really important in this time where we've been led down the technological age, this AI age, you know, where, you know, it's a done deal. Like, you can just look at the plans, just look at all the things they've got laid out and stuff. Even on the government website in England, it's got, like, the human machine. I mean, it's just all, it's just already, we're all ready to be uploaded to the grid and stuff. So I think we just have to be mindful, you know, of those, those things. So technology is great, but whoever controls the information that goes into the technology is a very few people right. these days it's dangerous. and like you know we have to be who's doing who's doing the showing yeah that's what i'm i mean who's doing the showing because you know what the information that i'm being given lately and what i'm being told is normal and sane ain't nothing like normal and sane and i you know yeah. the only laws i'm under is the laws i'm making for myself because if someone's telling me nonsense i don't care if you've got a suit on or a white coat or anything it's still bloody nonsense yeah yeah well i mean i think i think part of the problem we run into with technology is uh and how it's destroyed communication is because you know it's there's something i don't, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, uh dunbar's theory but what it no. what it is is there's this professor who kind of created this uh, uh, um, theory that essentially humans are only really able to know about 150 people uh, because that was that's what we're used to genetically that was like our tribe you know you, you we were uh-huh. we were contained to areas where you would kind of know about 150 people because that was your tribe you didn't travel yeah. that much further that we and because technology is extrapolated so quickly, we now are able to know everyone and it's too much. And we just kind of fritz out. It doesn't allow us to truly know. We know everyone, but we don't actually know anyone because we're not the connecting. More we know, the less we know, well, yeah, the more we know, the less we can kind of, we are. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, imagine you have like uh, a liter bottle, you know, uh, of, of water. And you give every person, you split it into 150 people equally, right? Well, now you have 150 million people you split it between. So each person gets this minuscule fraction of your attention and actual dedication. So you've now just, you've, you've diluted it down to where you're not actually connecting with anyone. And and, and, that, and it, it yeah it becomes yeah, yeah we be, we be don't we we've actually like lost ourselves as people in a society that way. I'm really glad you said that because I'm always banging on about this and taking into myself into consideration too, and it has and you've just literally just put it out. The more we have, we have become so diluted and we don't seem to be able to become very good humans anymore because yeah. you know I just seems that we've lost that art of empathy and like compassion for people or just even being able to bloody talk you know just having right. a conversation like you know kids we don't seem to be able to communicate very well anymore which is really funny because apparently we're so advanced you know we're so bloody advanced aren't we but right. what i'm looking around that doesn't seem so advanced <laughs> to me yeah we need, we need to roll it back you know i want to do you know i'm like these i just had a viking burial at the beach for my friend. I didn't actually bury his body. I wasn't there with a boat putting petrol on him. <laughs> I, it was a symbolic bur- sure, burial. And sure. Alex, he went, um, he died a couple of days ago and the people that were helping him, he basically, they never told me he was dead. I found out from some random person and I know something kind of nefarious and dodgy went on. So I spoke to my friend who's a now whether you kind of understand or like are open to this it's okay it doesn't matter because i am and i am open to it 
and he gave me some information and he told me he didn't want to go to the police. Sorry, he wanted a Viking sorry, burial. J- and JC, he wanted real me quick. To... JC, sorry, you cut out for a second. Your friend was a what? Your friend you spoke to was a what? Um, well, he was a he was a very old guy. He just lived in the street, and um, he I can't remember what point I was. <laughs> sorry, you said you talked to your friend to get information, and you said your friend. Oh, sorry, my friend was a, is a psychic. Okay, she got, got it. I did, you cut out. Got it. Okay. In I the just... And uh, basically, he told me that nefarious activity had gone on. He didn't want me to get the police, but he wanted me to burn the quotes that he'd wrote written to me about conspiratorial things you know sure. governmental or you know like being in a tavern planning and putting he'd write little quotes because he couldn't say anything to anyone else and because i'm a bit of a rebel and he used to <laughs> give me little quotes you see and go i know you're like these go and publish them for me but don't put my name on it and you know what he came through he said publish them all put my name yeah. i want a viking burial i want you to take two of those quotes set fire to them put them on a little boat and send them out to the sea. So there was me earlier, Dees, out on the beach here, my little caravan, and, uh, well, it's my mum's, actually, throwing this little boat out and doing a little ceremony. So that that was cool. <laughs> I enjoyed doing that. you got to do things like that. you you got to do things like that. Yeah. I totally lost what I was saying now from before, so uh, continue. Sorry. I went on a tan. Yeah, that's okay. Well, let me ask you this, uh, just kind of a little bit of a segue, given what you said. Um What's the climate like over there in the UK, given everything with, uh, uh, you, you know, mean political or the fucking weather? <laughs> yeah, yeah, politically. I mean, politically or with, you know, with COVID and uh, you know, uh, things like well, that. Like, what's what's it like over there for you guys? Well, basically, English people like being told what to do and they do what they're told and they don't like to cause any fuss or trouble. So, you know, what's really interesting, everyone thinks it's bullshit. Everyone think not okay. This is where I want to just make a point. I have total compassion for anyone who has died of, you know, not only COVID but cancer, who sure. killed themselves, all the other millions of deaths that have occurred. Yeah. And um, we all know what's what. Let's be honest. You have to keep careful what you're going to say in some ways, but at the end of the day, it's stink. The stench of it all is just disgusting, for right. a start. And you know what? we've had viruses around for millions and millions of years and what happens is they water down and peter out and that's always been the case that's how we upgrade our immune uh, you know our systems right and if we're not all walking around with goddamn masks on and locking ourselves in and not going out what's it you know like in england they did a curfew you had to be down home from the pub by a certain 10 why does the virus go away at 10 right it's nonsense nonsensical things now i'm all for keeping people safe and being informed, but everything I know about the medical system, they're as dirty as they come. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, the yeah. whole bloody lot of them. It's Rockefeller medicine, it's Rothschild medicine, it's always has been. And I don't want to make this about a massive kind of launch about that, but we have to wake up to this now. I mean, you know, when I see people putting their, you know, kids in masks and stuff, I'm not angry at them. I'm so angry with the people that are telling us to do nonsense. And also at some point we got to just wake up and not stop, stand up and stop bending over, pull our, push our cheeks back together and go, <laughs> I'm not getting anymore. Yeah. I don't fancy being rodded. My rim is a bit sore. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just to put it, I like to put it in these blunt ways because England's a funny place. We do what we're told. We kind of like everyone's talking, oh no, this is rubbish, this is, isn't it? And then they just go and do exactly what they're told, you know? Yes. And it's it's tough here. There's Scotland's got it hard. They they're really locking people down in Scotland. I don't take any notice of what anyone tells me to do because I know I can discern truth and I can discern what's what. And um me staying in my house or breathing in a face nappy is not, you know, like I I won't be told and I'm not cruel. I'm not uncompassionate or anything like that. Yeah. It's a mess. We need to stand together and start looking at, I don't want to say aggressors, but like, you know, obviously, yes. You know, at the end of the day, this is all bullshit. 
this uh, is all bullshit. Do they have? Uh, do they still have mandates in place as far as uh, restrictions, or is there? Are they doing any vaccine mandates for people who are working oh, or yeah. going out? They, okay. Listen to this. You know what? When my friend was dying in the hospital, they stuck that injection into him. He didn't want it. He written down on everything that he didn't want it, and um, they are starting to bring in the passports in Europe now. I think if they start to bring the passport, there'll be civil war. You think so? You know, it could be. Oh, absolutely! There's millions protesting in London every week about anti anti like vaccine mandates. Well, it's just about the lo lockdowns and the government overreach and control. They're not keeping us safe. They're just controlling us. It's got nothing to do with safety. You know what's so interesting about that? In and. Uh... Is that yeah? I I hundred percent agree, JC. It's not about it's not about safety. It's it's about control. Uh, I absolutely agree with you uh, on that. But what's really interesting to me as an American is that we don't hear about that. Uh, they don't talk. The, our our news does not talk about uh, the protests in other countries against this because they don't know, talk about them here. They don't talk about. They don't put them on the news here. Really? They're okay. never on. Yeah. Millions in London, millions, and they don't report it. Wow. Now you tell me they don't report you millions. Nobody knows what's going on. So you've got people kind of just obviously who are kind of indoctrinated to an, a narrative. And I'm not judging anyone because if you bash people around the head with fear enough, you can get them to believe anything. Oh, yeah, and you absolutely. Can get it's like that experiment when they get the guy to um, electrocute the guy in the other room. And they're like, oh, is this okay? But because a doctor's telling them to do it, they're like, oh, no turn the voltage up you can electrocute him <laughs> you can hear the people screaming this is a real experiment yeah you know and they'll do it because the doctor the authority tells them and they did an experiment in russia i think it's in the 1970s they the kgb totally proliferated massive fear program uh, for three months and instilled the belief and no matter what they did they couldn't they, to show evidence they showed them evidence that it wasn't true people would not believe you know, they could not get that belief. Yeah. You know, fear, fear is a very powerful tool. Well, very powerful. That's that's the first thing I said when you know when the initial thing of COVID came out. What are we a year and a half ago now, or whatever? April of twenty twenty. You know, May March of twenty twenty. Whatever. It kind of hit. Um, and you know, in America, they're like, "Oh, it's a two-week lockdown." You know, it's gonna, it's yeah. super. That's in the curve. That's right. what they said. Yeah, in yeah. you know, super deadly. And at first, I'm like, "Oh, this is all new. We had no information." I'm like, that sounds all right. Let's all lock down, and uh, you know, you kind of, you kind of go along with it. But then, the, as the longer things go, I'm like, "Oh, this is just a sham." You know, it's like, so here's here's, if you want to control a people, here's what you do: you uh, keep them separate separate isolated uh you yeah. keep them you humanize them with masks right you keep them <laughs> well i mean you know there's a point where we couldn't even see each other you know we were so we were like just stay in your house you know a shelter in place and then also uh keep them afraid so you know if you go outside you could die you're not you're not going to see the virus coming you don't know where it is but yeah. it's going to get you so everyone yeah so everyone's afraid of this invisible boogeyman and then also the i don't know how it was in the uk but america started giving people like just enough food and money to kind of survive so like here shut up and just stay home yeah. and it's like yeah. so they become satiated and you're like yeah of course they can just control you and do whatever they want at that point it's very 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 clever anyone who knows anything about psychological programming and also if you're not bought in and watching the telly every day you can understand why people are bloody terrified God, they don't sure. leave pe people alone. They got a running death toll, like on the telly. Yes. I mean, it's just so <laughs> like a, just a ticker. Just <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They came in at first. There was literally no cases here, and they came in with the mass fraudulent testing. That obviously to get all the numbers up because yeah. you don't you don't cause a pandemic unless people are going to hospital. So what you get the numbers up, and then they can roll in the things. And you know, if people still like, because and then they. What they've been very clever is, you know, when fascism comes in and stuff, they don't they don't control the people. The people control themselves right. <laughs> because they give you a narrative. And you we basically look at us. We, I had someone snitching on the road, someone snitched on his son to tell or he was around someone else's house. And I just thought, 
wow. Oh, my God, yeah. And they, they, the government were encouraging people to snitch on the government website, tell on people who are going out of their houses. Does this remind you of anything? Right. Does this remind yeah. you? It reminds you a hell of a lot. Right. Well, <laughs> of like one nineteen eighty four. I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up, Deese. You just couldn't. Like, and when you're standing back from it, it's just like watching a film play out. And I've got people saying, "Oh yeah, no, everything will be right now." I said, "You know what? And it's only just starting." Oh yeah, this is well. It's, <laughs> it's only the, just starting. It's, it's the just slow, rolling. Yeah, it's the slow boil. You can't just you can't just. Uh, change everything overnight but if you slowly start to change legislation and rules uh, and also people you know it's uh, I, I assume it's similar in the UK but in in the in America you can't give up any authority to the government and expect them to ever give it back once you exactly. give them this that power thing. they okay. have it forever yeah you cannot you cannot do you know what it really feels like to me Dees, at this time there's no judgment they've done an absolute number on us they these their techniques and the, the technology they have and the psychological technique they have is far beyond anything and because we're so kind essentially as humans we are so kind that we want to see the good in people be like i oh, don't be right. silly how could that all happen no don't be silly how could it not do you know how long we've been run for do you know how long we've been oh we, yeah we have no idea living in this is the fourth industrial revolution you can't just change the money system bring in ai you need something to do it yeah okay you need something to do it and that something was the virus okay and you can say whatever i've done a hell of a lot of research you know i spoke to many people it's just all the documentation is there we are moving into the ai age and that's yeah. We're changing the money system. We need to get rid of a few humans. There's too many of us. The Georgia Guidestones, they wanted to get people down. You know, this is not a conspiracy. None of this is conspiracy. I mean, it's playing out in front of our eyes just because we don't want to believe it because we're in trauma. We're like, oh, my God, la, 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 la. Oh, what's happening? This is not really happening. Yeah. But, hey, guys, it is happening. And um, you know what? I, for one, won't bend over, and I never bent over, and I'm very, very mindful, and I'm very compassionate with anyone's fear, and I don't judge people, but at this point, it's really a case of like, man, come on, come on, because I tell you what, you know what, if people don't stand up and start actually kind of investigating things for themselves and sort of understanding about health and breath and what actual health is, you know, then... We're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Well, I would, <laughs> you know, I, 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 seem, I seem to think that we're too far gone to save it. I honestly believe that we are too far, the horse is too far out of the barn, and there's no way I'm to gonna roll it back. I'm going to have to say no to that, Dees, because I, I'm, you know, like, I drag myself my knuckles, and humanity will drag themselves on their knuckles, but I, we've gone pretty far. We've gone pretty far down this road, but ain't the road I'm going. We need people to just withdraw from any kind of stuff that's not working for us. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing at the moment is I'm gathering people. I'm getting land in Mexico, New Zealand. So if anyone resonates with the words I'm saying here and they're actually into like action, and I'm not talking about action, protests, I've got respect for people and everything to go and do this kind of stuff. And um, it's good. It raises awareness and everything. But you know what's all to be done? I don't, is to withdraw and build your own systems and build your own new stuff yeah you know that's yeah. really it and you're talking about like we're just people yeah oh what can we do well we, we can do everything because we have the power we have there's so many more of us for christ's sake you know what i mean yeah. there's so many more of us well there's so many more of us but i you know again you know it's it's i i'm curious to know how it is in the uk but in america there's so many of us than there are of them but also america is so divided America is yeah. so in in and that's I feel is on purpose. Also, they divide us to keep us our numbers down, you know, to make it so we can't unify and create a revolution. Uh, so we're yeah. we're so divided politically and ideologically that we would never get on the same page to decide we are, you know, because there's half the people in America are so afraid and so absolutely, hey, whatever you say, we'll do it and we will make sure we follow these rules. And why aren't you all getting the vaccine? And none of you should be able to do, com 
you know, even participate in life if you don't have the yeah. vaccine. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's like, wow, that's the case of people like so quickly. It's like, my goodness, really? Like, yeah. wow. Like, and, and the other half is just like, I'm not going to do anything and I don't care. And this is fake. And I'm somewhere. I mean, personally, I haven't had the vaccine. I don't plan on it. Uh, if you no. if you want, if you want to get it fucking go for it i guess i it's not for me to tell if you whether say, you should or not right let me just say this please i've just got to jump in like i'm totally cool with anyone getting any kind of medicine they want because that's their choice right and you know they've done their research and they think it's a good idea to take an experimental um it's not even a vaccine experimental medicine it's, that it's, is now safety trial till 20 is making people drop like bloody flies everywhere for something they probably would have got the fucking sniffles for right. then um you go right ahead but like then there's no judgment there but like the only reason and i've got to say this the only ones listening the only reason you made that decision is because they put it in your face right. 24 hours a day otherwise you wouldn't even be talking about it well, it's not. Yes, it's not. A, it's not a vaccine. It's gene modification. It actually is. Exactly. Is, uh, is. And I uh, and honestly, I've, I've actually had covid twice now. I had it twice. And you're still here. No problems. The second time was way easier than the first time. The first time wasn't even that bad. Uh, and I've had it twice in in less than a year. And it. The thing is, right, if you take if you take the if you take the injection and this is absolutely verified. Unfortunately, when you do, and there's lots of things about this, you are going to get it, you're going to get it bad. And you're literally, your body's become a factory and it turns, it literally is turning off the rest of your immune system. It's just fighting the one thing. Yeah. So this is what you're, this is what you're going to see, but essentially it's got to be about choice, but let's really peel it back to the essence of this and just look at the PR campaign. Celebrities getting it, offering people donuts. Hello people. Do you remember that kind of Pinocchio's Island where they give all the kids like, stuff and they turn into donkeys yeah. like yeah i mean like if you keep on with people with fear 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 vaccine 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 do, i mean do you remember like do people in america talk about when you have your annual flu shot right. <laughs> like you know where is this all come from it's all design it's all engineer of course it is for goodness sake well, the thing is, I, I mean i don't remember ever having a flu shot in my entire life maybe when i was too young to remember but uh since i can recall I've never gotten a flu shot and I don't ever get the flu. So what, yeah. you know, I have an immune system. I've, I've gone exactly. through sicknesses. That's what and they want to wipe out because at the end of the day, like, listen, people, once you start taking these injections, they'll never stop with them. You know, they will never, ever stop with them. You have to have this. Oh, that's come out now. You can't get your little vaccine pass, but you're not updated. If you say yes to this now, I mean, you just, you made a point about this being an MRA mRNA therapy. Yeah. I mean, this is change. This change your DNA. This is going to change your DNA, your makeup as a human. Right. And we've got so much shit in us from all the toxins from everywhere and all the beautiful chemicals that are just floating around in the water and stuff. What these things do is just push us more and more to, towards syn synthesis, synthesis, being mm -hmm. synthetic. Yeah. And this is an absolute fact. We're an or we're organic. Obviously, the more these things and they're going to be booster and booster and booster well they've, yeah, they've and already said that yeah absolutely i mean you're uploaded to the grid you know someone's putting their things on their arm it says see they bluetooth okay this is nanotechnology this is nanotechnology in there it's not this is verified for goodness sake all the patents of that i you know what i found a beautiful patent the other day and it was acoustic manipulation of the human nervous system brought in 2019 now isn't that interesting you know the tech that you know what we're aware of right the tech that we have oh yeah the tech that the government and all these other people have is quantum baby you know oh, what yeah, they give yeah. us the crumbs right right <laughs> they, go, they go cut your legs off and stuff like that i mean do, do you think those people are really on stage taking that injection come off it yeah. If you've got to show someone, I look at me doing this is really, really good, then there's a problem. <laughs> yeah. You've got, you got to give people donuts and pay them to have something. I mean, they're not charities, are they? These right. pharma companies doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They do make a few quid here and there. Do you know what I mean? And um, I said that to someone and they're just, we're just too good as humans, Dees. We're like, no, don't be daft. And also we have small... And I don't mean this in a rude way, but I mean, like, our, 
a three-dimensional mind. It's just the world. It's just here. Like we're just, I'm in my little country. This is what I'm doing. It's really not hard to run 7 billion humans if you own all the media and the stuff and the sure. kind of the machines yeah. and the technology. <laughs> Yeah, well, spe especially now because we are so tied into technology, it's even easier to connect to to get your hooks into everyone because, you know, I mean, what is it like basically like six media companies run all the news outlets in the world? So yeah. you're like, OK, so those people get to control the narrative of what we see and hear and how we get that information. Um, and then that's they... what we put our beliefs on is everything so just think about that everything is controlled by these tiny amount of people you know yeah. proliferating knowledge well, knowledge to the whole world well thank you very much you can keep it <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah knowledge if you want that's a very uh, you want all of that. yeah liberal information term. call it yeah. information well, um, JC, let's, uh, um, we've got a little bit of time left before we get out of here. Let's talk about, uh, a little more about your book. You've got, you have a book called out, uh, facade of light. You have a second book coming out soon. What's the name of that one? I don't have a book called facade of light. Actually. I don't know who wrote that, but it sounds good. Oh, I thought, why is that not, why did I, <laughs> why did I write that down? What is facade of light? What is your book called? Okay. I love that. That's so cool. This, um, right. Okay. Well, I'd like to just say I've, had a book out it was called intuitive knowing her truth that's already out okay. people can get that and then the one i'm really really wanting to be because if people have listened to this and they've thought oh she's a bit tasty i like what she's saying <laughs> i resonate with that chick then you know what i really want people to come and invest in is the new evolutions obviously the n-o-u-s-e evolutions and this is a journey and it's a little controversial. It's poetry. And I know poetry is not sexy, but it's street poetry. It's prophetic street poetry. So it's got a bit of grit to it, you know. And mm -hmm. it's basically a journey through the systems from the personal to the collective. Yeah. And my take on that. And like just wanting to empower people to kind of wake up to things. Yeah. <laughs> so with this book, The New Evolutions, I wanted to tell you that i'm actually the audio book to this is coming out in two weeks oh no hang on september 13th that's when it's coming out okay and also i have lots of opportunities for people to be joining my group adventures adventures in humanness because i have another book coming out in january so if you would like to wake up and ignite your expression and get a few poems on and just enjoy listening to that it's a good book the hardback's got channel poems. It's got art from all around the world that I've commissioned. So it's seventeen pounds sixty six, and that'll be relevant to you because that's when you're. It's seventeen pounds sixty six. That's how much it costs, but it's a lot cheaper on the Kindle. All but right. that price was important for me. Sure, that makes sense. I get it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. what? Uh, uh, so people can find that, and then you also have a, a, a YouTube channel. Is that right? Or how do you? You have a YouTube channel and yeah. podcast. Tell us about yeah, that. I've got. Thank you, Don. Um, I, I'm terrible at interrupting. I just get so very excited That's talking okay. to you, Dee. Okay, I appreciate that. I'm so that. excited it's... talking to people. <laughs> Basically, at the moment, what I'm working on is because I do, because I got dropped out of the medical system, like I said to you, and they're just not. I'm basically, I have a channel called Zero to Freedom, which is about kind of extricating yourself and being able to be your own expert, help yourself when the chips are down. If you can't go to the doctor, you can't get treatment for your cancer. You know, they've left me. I've got lumps all in my neck. I've lost five and a half stone. You know, I wow. don't know how long I'm going to be around. So I want to give whatever information, you know, that I can give out basically. So that's why I'm working on for zero to freedom. I'm really excited. I did the consciousness evolution summit, which was 22 speakers from around the world. People can, I'm going to give you the link to that. If people type freedom, they can do that. They can get that free. And also, I just like to say, I just started Conscious Publishing House. And if anyone, okay, and the reason I started this, because we want to open it up to expression, we're seeing all this censorship. If you have scientific papers, fiction, nonfiction, youth adult fiction, any kind of genre, and you are an innovator and activator, you've got something to say, then I want to hear it. And I will, myself and my co-founder will read every single thing okay. and give you a critique. So, 
Well, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I might have to send you some stuff, JC. I've been, uh, I'd love I've, you to. I've, I've, I've I think I'd like it too. Yeah. I've written se several books in my life and, uh, again, one published. So I definitely would love to get more out there. It is the, it is what I love doing. Writing is actually what I love more than anything. So. Well, I'll send you the publishing email, Dees, because yeah. I, I can tell from talking to you, like I resonate with you and, uh, you know, I can, I can tell that your work would probably be quite interesting. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I, I like to think so, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'd love to send you some stuff. We'll see what, what uh, you think. Um, well, JC, I'd like to get on it actually. I, I've enjoyed this. This has been probably the most interesting uh, interview that I've ever done. I've enjoyed it massively. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, we'll have to do it again sometime. I would love to talk to you more about uh, everything you have going on and everything going on in the world. It's a, it's a very crazy time. Um, I do want to ask you this before we get out of here, though, JC. Tell me... Um, <laughs> Tell me something that uh, would surprise us about the UK. As someone who's never been to the UK, uh, you tell Americans <gasps> something that, like, uh, something we may not expect about uh, about the, how anal English people are. <laughs> how what Anglo? You said anal. Oh, anal. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anally retentive, like just just buttoned up with their pain and just yeah, you know, just. Okay, here's another interesting fact. We probably know this. I mean, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. It, I don't want to say like I don't like English people, but you know what? We always used to take the piss. We grow up taking the mickey out of America's Oh, they're so brash, blah, blah, blah. This is what we get taught. They're so obnoxious Americans. Sure. I went out there and I thought, what a bloody lovely bunch of people. You know, we always, English people think they're so superior to everyone. And you kind of <laughs> slap your British passport. I'm British. Get out of my fucking way. Yeah. You know, I fucking had an empire once. <laughs> but you don't anymore, love. You don't yeah. anymore. You're just trying to take over the whole world. Right. <laughs> you know what? Sod the queen. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, that, is a, that is a good, uh, uh, another question I'd like to ask real quick. How do British people or the U people in the UK view americans as a culture politically you know i mean as a country they think, you're they think as a whole english people think americans are brash obnoxious and they like not very intelligent i'm just being honest with you that's what sure, i grew no, up fine, believing yeah. like to be you know and there's people like that all around the world there's just you know obviously pockets of the unconscious and just sure. kind of painfully kind of just inept people in every single country but like you know I came over to America and I really liked, actually, I'll tell you one thing, the big difference. I did music out there and people be interested and they talk and they kind of, you know, you have the American dream, don't you? You can go and you can make anything, yeah. you know? So when I used to tell people, oh, what we're doing, I've got an album out and I'm not like a show offy person. It's just, this is what I do. I'm talking about it. And they'd be, oh my God, you know, like really interested. You come back to England, right? Okay. So we were on telly out there. We did loads of cool things and stuff. And, People just ask what you've been up to, and you say that, and they go, "Who do you think you are?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, like trying to put you down, knock you down, like, right. "Oh, you've done something okay, so I'm now going to just stick the knife in and try and make you feel as crap as possible." You know, that's what I notice with English people; they're very, very quick to kind of want to put the knife in and kind of. Mm -hmm. And do you know why I think that is? I've worked it out. These it's because we all live in tiny houses. And the weather's really bad and we're pissed off the majority of the time. So when we go out to America, you're like, it's sunny. It's big sky country. Obviously, if you're not in New York, but right. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. Well, uh, you know, you've been all over, so you're well-traveled. You've had the experiences. So it's nice to get that perspective from uh, someone who's been all over. I appreciate that. Um, well, JC, uh, before we get out of here, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, again, uh, social media, websites, etc. Okay, so well, like like I said, you can find me on Facebook. And if you need some support in these crazy times, please do come and join Tribe to Thrive and just express yourself freely. If you want to come to my book launch group, I'm going to send these the links, Adventures yes. in Humanness. And also with that one, I bring people up for interviews. So if you want to talk about sharing your story, that links in with the publishing company. So all right. Also, I would love to hear from you. I want to hear from you, Dee. So I want you to send me some submissions. And I want anyone who's got anything to say, you know, it's of value. Don't you censor yourself. It's of value. Send it to myself and Stephen. I want to read it. We will critique everything we see. Perfect. And then not only that, one last thing. I know I talk a lot. That's okay. What we're going to do. 
with the publishers we're going to have a super conscious experience because I'm a quantum flow practitioner so kind of like an alchemist like really I can move energy and do some groovy things so we're going to take our authors every single one and shift them through six different conscious we call them the super conscious six so it's not just about getting you published about you shifting you out so you can stand firm and strong in your life okay go be a all right. I love it. Well, everyone, follow uh, JC. Send her your work. She will critique it uh, and uh, listen to her podcast and much, much more, guys. We'll have links in the uh, description for the this uh, this episode and more. So, um, all right. Uh, well, uh, JC, we're going to get out of here for the day. We appreciate talking to you. We'll have to do this again uh, soon. This has been fun. Uh, but, guys, um, follow, again, follow JC. As for me, go to deescomedy.com. Uh, check out everything going on across the network. You know what to do. Uh, that's it, guys. For the social hour, I have been Dees. And for JC Hudson, thank you very much, everyone. And we will see you next week.